And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Give us a find on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. At Connor Clark, and we'll just spell that out for you, at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Without further ado, we uh, welcome in from The Athletic, Mitch Sherman joins us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, what's the good word? How are we doing? I'm doing well. How are things with you guys? We're, uh, we're doing all right. We, we thought about playing a little wiffle ball in the parking lot ahead of today's show, but Somebody needs to ice his arm a little bigger than I, a little, little more than, than in past as I age. So we didn't quite get that done. But, hey, it's uh, plenty of, of football to talk about in the off season. And Yeah, I'm just happy that Schmitty's here not in the golf course today. It's a, it's a shocker. <laughs> wow. It's just a, it's a shot right It would there be a me. nice day to get out on the course. You can just you go can get 45, 50 degrees in February. There's, there's, uh, there's no, no shame in that. Uh, absolutely not. Mitch, we kind of got rolling here this first segment talking about meeting expectations and and we're a ways away from, from fall camp. We're a ways away from spring football. Recruiting just wrapped up. But let me ask you this to start. How, how many games do you think Nebraska has been underachieving by? A season? Do you think they've been a six or seven win club? And I'm and I'm asking you to, to kind of group a couple of different coaching ten years, or do you think they are what they are? Three and nine is three and nine, four and eight, five and seven, whatever it's been. They've not been bowl worthy since 2016. And and I just I wanted to get your your insight on this. Just what what you think uh, Nebraska has been? Have they been a team? It's just fallen short. They've had too much talent to be bowless, or does it matter? They, they've, they've missed to move on. Well, it doesn't matter in the end, and it, and it is time to move on, as Trev Alberts has made clear. But, you know, it's also natural to look back, and I think it's important to look back to, to, on some level because it's, you know, you're doomed to – repeat your mistakes, I think, if you don't look at past performance. Uh, although with the new coaching regime and, and an entirely new administrative side and strength side in football, it is, a, it is a clean break and there is a fresh start. But, you know, I, I think over the course of many years, you, you, you really, there's a saying that you are what your record says you are. And you know, that has to be can taken into consideration with Nebraska. So on one side of it, absolutely. This is, is not you, – you, they're not underachieving or overachieving. They're just achieving at the level that this, that this program has allowed them to. And it's not all about talent. You know, it's about all kinds of stuff that has gone into the formula that's, that's spit out a 4-8 and season and a 3-9 and season and another 4-8 and season. So if you're just looking at the talent – you know, which I think is what you're mostly getting at here, and it's usually what people want to analyze and sometimes forget the behind-the-scenes stuff, then Nebraska should have been better. Nebraska should have been better than uh, six consecutive seasons without a, a bowl game appearance. So that's, just the, that's, I think, just the reality of it, that it, there, were, there was more talent on the roster than what 
the the win total was showing, but um, everything put together that went into making the program, this is what it spit out. So this is what Nebraska is, and you know it's what Nebraska deserved to be. Probably um, all everything taken into consideration. So, Mitch, if it's not a talent issue, which I don't think anyone would argue that the talent over the past couple of years has you know, been up to the level of 2009 Nebraska or back in the 90s, but I would subscribe to the notion that the talent has been there to at least make a bowl game. So what does Nebraska need in year one under Matt Rule to make a bowl game if it's not the talent? Well, I, you know, and they're trending in this direction. It's got to be a functional organization. And from the administrative side, you know, the other things I mentioned, strength and conditioning, you just need to be on the same page and, and be uh, uh, a team, a program that is, that is put together, that uh, is coming much closer to maximizing its potential than what we've seen in, in recent seasons. So I, the, the, the talent, again, is going to be there for – Nebraska to win enough, you know, to, to be a 500 or better team. I, I don't, you know, Matt Rule has certainly upgraded the talent, has upgraded the roster in the two months that he's been here. Um, I don't mean that he's upgraded it over the 2022 team, but what he was left with the departures from 2022, he's definitely upgraded it through the, the newcomers that he, he's brought in. Um, they've got a lot of work to do in the spring and in preseason camp and, throughout the season to get to a place where they can be a bowl team, but it's not out of the, out of the reach and, and, you know, with their schedule and the improvement that, that is available, the ceiling that, that the players that, that are coming back and that have been added to the roster have that they, they just need to do a better job of maximizing um, in all areas of the program. And, and, you know, like I said, and the previous answer, talent is just a piece one piece of that. Mitch Sherman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, last segment we were talking about how what is a, a realistic kind of view of the team next year. I'm more on the 6-6 six and six train. At, that's kind of my realistic expectation. But we've seen a multitude of programs around the country do about a two-year rebuild. So do you think it's fair to have you know more of a top 25 expectation in year two? Obviously, if year one goes according to plan with a postseason berth. Or do you still want to see people wait a little bit longer than that two-year period? People are going to have expectations, you know, whether it's fair or not. That's 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 college football. You know, that's just sports. So, I, well, I would say I want to see what spring looks like. You know, I want to see what August looks like. I want to hear from the coaches. and Because, and, you know, when the questions have been asked, of Matt Rule and, and his assistant coaches that we've heard from so far, and we'll hear from Bob Wager and Garrett McGuire on Thursday as they get close to, to introducing everybody on the staff. Um, when we've heard from them, the, the answers have been, I, I don't know yet. I mean, it's too soon to be able to break down positions and talk about guys who might move sides of the ball or you know, who's the leader in this room. They're, they're starting over. Um, you know, they're allowing these players to, to have a, a start over. So from that perspective, it's too early to put expectations w- w- as far as win totals on this team. But that's not going to stop people from doing it. And, you know, one way, as you mentioned, Connor, that you can look at it is what has happened with 
other other programs in in their in the, the beginning of of their resets under new coaches. And what we've seen, I think, because of the transfer portal, um, because of the situation you have now with unlimited initial counters, and Nebraska's over forty or will be over forty. It already is probably over 40 as far as the guys added to scholarship in, in August. Um, and that's way above what it can, what it can normally be, um, what it was for Matt Rule in year one at Temple or Baylor. Things have gone faster, and you see it all over the country. There were numerous examples in, in the 2022 season of teams in their first or second year that overachieved. So that's going to lead to high expectations in Nebraska. And, you know, I'd say right now, you, you know, you, you want to think – um, if you're looking at this program, that yeah, they're going to make a big jump and go to a bowl game in year one and then take off to another level in year two. Mitch Sherman's with us, The Athletic, Hale Varsity Radio, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, your story that uh, came out in The Athletic uh, focuses on Hassan Reddick, and I love the, the hybrid uh, edge position in college football. They are such a a difference maker. They do their 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 normal nine to five within a defense, but they can can be part of a difference making strip sack or pressure or or some sort of key turnover. And in your story, you touch on tinkering, right? Uh, do you do you anticipate a lot of tinkering uh, from Matt Rule with uh, a, a lot of the athletes he has to choose from and work with at Nebraska? Yes, that's that's his coaching pedigree. That's the model that he's put into play when he's started over at at previous college stops. You know, you can't do that in the NFL. That's a, that's a different. You can do it a little bit, but you know, players are at a different place in their development when they get drafted or signed as as free agents into the NFL. And and to to go in and and move a guy from offense to defense is really unusual. And I think it's part of the reason that. He's a better fit for college because that's what he does, and that's what he did at Temple. That's what he did at Baylor was really take a close look at everybody. You know, I, I, the the idea for for writing that story was born one because Hassan Reddick is tearing up the NFL, and he has you know nineteen and a half sacks in the regular season and postseason, and you know he knocked Brock Purdy out of the NFC Championship game. Um, you know, so that jumped out to me. But also listening to Matt Rule on signing day last week talk about how he asks his coordinators, and he will do this with Tony White and, and Marcus Satterfield this spring and then again in the fall to rank their playmakers. And, you know, so, so you don't get caught up necessarily in, well, this guy's our number three defensive tackle or this guy's our number three inside linebacker. And you just, just rank your playmakers and who's best at affecting the ball. That, that's really interesting because then you, then you try to get those guys on the field. And if it means that they have to make a position switch or it's best for the team to, to make for them to make a position switch, then that's, that's where that comes from. And he's, he has such a history of doing that. And I mean, Reddick is like the most high profile example. And he's six foot one, 240 pounds. So, you know, if Nebraska recruited a player who had his measurables right now, it wouldn't even jump out. It'd be like, Oh, okay. They got a, or, you know, a, a, run-of-the-mill, you know, three-star edge rusher. There's guys in Nebraska class who look more physically impressive just on paper than Hassan Reddick. And he's going out there as as maybe the most disruptive defensive player in his team's run to the Super Bowl. So it's not all about um, the measurables and things like that. And and that's that's at the heart, I think, of of 
a lot of what Rule does in developing players and finding talent in places that a lot of college pro- college programs are unable to do it. Mitch, quickly, we got about 90 seconds left here, maybe a little bit less. When you look at this and, and Matt Rule's development, one of his big things is getting guys in the field early if he thinks that they can be difference makers. Do you, do you think that Nebraska might be seeing more freshmen on the field next season than we're accustomed to, or is that just not realistic with the type of guys Nebraska has their upperclassmen? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a huge number. I mean, I think when guys are ready, they'll, they'll get the chance. You might see some up front on defense. You know, they're, they're uh, a number of the freshmen that they signed at the edge rusher spot. And, and I don't even know what that, that defensive end or edge rusher spot is, is entirely going to look like in Tony White's scheme. Uh, we'll learn more about that this spring. But th- just th- those guys, you know, Maverick Noonan, Cam Lenhart, um, a few others are, are at the top of the list of, of some of the maybe more developed freshmen that they signed, but there aren't a ton that jump off the page to me and, and thinking, all right, this guy's going to get on the field. He's going to be a starter. Maybe there'll be guys that play on special teams or as backups. I think more of the newcomers, obviously, who are going to make an immediate impact are the guys out of the portal. And there's, and there's several mm-hmm. in that group that need to be impact players for, for this team to, to get where, they, where that rule wants it to be in year one. Mitch, we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for a few minutes today. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care.